Welcome to the HR Sucks podcast, where we get down talking about the good, the bad, and the crap of workplaces today. I have my friend Omar Syed, who is back with us for our CEO series. Um, we are, what week are we in now for Shelter in Place? I want to say week four, five. Week five. I think it's week five. I, I mean, I, I have no concept of it because we just, my wife and I just had a baby, as you know. So, so you've been, been sheltering for like three months. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Yeah. Um, how's it going? What has, what's new? What has changed since our last conversation a couple of, was it a couple of Fridays ago? Two Fridays Two ago? Two weeks ago. Yeah. So back then we we're talking about the CARES Act. Now the CARES Act has finally been um, pushed out in some format. Mm -hmm. So states have gotten their funding. Um, uh, to my knowledge, a lot of hospitals have gotten their funding, not, not every hospital. Um, and um, the $1,200 checks have gone out to individuals, um, or at least, you know, um, the direct deposit has. As of right now, I think, they're estimating that it's going to take another five weeks for the actual checks to be sent out to people. And it's only an estimation because they have to print the checks and the machine that prints these checks, it's pretty astonishing, but apparently um, it prints a million checks a day, but you know, hmm. uh, apparently there are that many people who still need checks. Um, so, and they, and they think it's going to take five weeks if it's running five days a week for them to be able to print these checks. Um, Got it. So I've heard now of a couple of businesses who got their funding, right? The small, mm -hmm. the, uh, payroll relief loan. I'm thinking, um, I'm thinking the way they put or prioritize it is they gave the businesses with the most employees the funding first or at least mm -hmm. in a higher priority than the smaller businesses so i have a different opinion about that i don't think it is um that could be i'm not i'm not saying that, that that's not obviously it's just conjecture here but i believe that who they're giving money to the first, it's entirely up to the banks, right? It's not the government that's saying, I'm gonna give this money to this. They're allowing banks to underwrite it, process these loans. They go, they're relying on banks expertise. What these banks are doing, in my opinion, mm -hmm. is they're looking at their list of clientele and they're saying, okay, well this client, client A, for instance, let's just compare two different companies, right? Say a company that does, let's say $10 million a year in revenue, and let's say they carry a modest line of credit with a bank that's $100,000, which is very normal, right? Like you carry an LOC, a line of credit of like $100,000, and you sort of like call upon it every like maybe once, twice a year that you need it for whatever, like cash flow purposes, and, and that's it. Mm -hmm. And then you have company B um, that does, let's say, um, and for all intents and purposes, let's just keep it equal. Let's just say that company also does $10 million, but they carry a line of credit of, let's say, I don't know, they needed capital expenditure and they went to the bank and the bank like bestowed, I don't know, let's say $2 million to them as, okay. as, as a line of credit. And it's a revolving line of credit. Now the way the bank looks at it, they look at, okay, well, so there's a possible, I fully believe now that we're gonna hit uh, uh, a, a depression. 
So they're looking at it as, okay, we're in a deep, 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 deep recession, best case mm -hmm. scenario, worst case scenario, we're in a, in a depression. And I have given this company a $2 million line of credit uh, that is unsecured, right? I mean, what are you secured with really? I don't know, maybe right. worst case scenario, you're securing it with some capital or uh, some, 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 um, infrastructure, you know, like machinery, or I don't know, maybe some commercial real estate. I don't know. Commercial real uh -huh. estate is down to tubes, right? And so they're looking at it. They're like, okay, well, technically this is unsecured money that I've lent to this company. So I'm going to give them this $2 million that they're asking for by way of PPP because I can secure it. I can now secure this unsecured line of credit with government debt, right? Like now the government is underwriting this $2 million. Because worst case scenario, they're going to go to them and say, hey, listen, I gave you $2 million. So you at least have $2 million to give me my money back, right? Like you at least mm -hmm. have some money to give me my money back. So that's the way they do it. Then. And that's just conjecture and assuming this, but you know, I, obviously I'm not going to put it past them. This is, these are banks and it's a smart move to make. If you if you have two clients and one client that only has $100,000 in terms of line of credit and they're trying to borrow your money to stay afloat, right? Right. Um, because at this point, it's still the bank's money. The SBA hasn't um, given any money to the to the banks yet, and um, the SBA is, has been notorious for holding on to lending, sometimes taking up to two months to give money back to, um, excuse me, uh, up to two years to give money to the bank. So these banks know already that they're taking a risk by even funding anyone for that matter, right? Um, so yeah, there's, there's, um, that, that's my opinion about who's getting funded first. Um, okay. and you know, I'm sure, I'm sure in that formula, the size of your company really matters. If you have a lot more employees, I'm sure there's some, you know, like you could make that argument and say, well, if a company has, you know, employees 40 people versus a company that employs 10 people, the 40 employee company makes a bigger impact if we give them this money, cause then they can sort of continue paying their employees. Uh, right, right. Yeah. But I feel like that that yeah, I feel like that's how it's going because I've kind of value, you know, I've looked at situations where same bank, same, you know, same application at the same time and I saw who, who got the funding first. And yeah. then I do see all of these bigger companies. I was reading that Ruth Chris, you know, they got 20 million dollars. Yeah. yeah and, but they also yeah. employ, you know, 5,000 people. Yeah, but so here's, here's the other question that we need, need to ask ourselves. So all these companies are getting money to hold them over because that's what it is, right? It's hold over right. money. But there's still no one going to a restaurant, right? There's still no, no one's knocking on, on restaurants' doors and saying, hey, please open because I want to eat right now. Like most people are just mm -hmm. trying to survive. Um, so the people who have been affected um, which is now the number is 29 million people. Um, mm -hmm. That means 29 million people are out of jobs right now. Those people who are out of jobs, who can't pay rent, um, who have applied for unemployment, um, whether they've gotten it or not, there's no market confidence. So you're not running to Ruth Chris's and ordering a cowboy steak. It's just not happening anytime Shit. soon. <laughs> I mean, that's the truth, right? So yeah. Um, if you then if you have to look at this in that sense and you think to yourself like okay well um then where is um like where's the demand going to come 
So you're providing the supply side, where's the demand side? Well, the demand side has only been $1,200. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, some of my, most of my employees qualified for it. Most of them have qualified for it, I should say. About, about 70% of them have qualified for it. So they've gotten their checks or their mm-hmm. deposits into their bank account. But I don't, I, I told them, I flat out told them, I said, do not run out and spend this money. Right. Um, you know, cause you never know. Like I, I told him, I said, do I, I don't want to see you guys post. I mean, I'm not dictating this of course, but I told him, I said, I do not want to see you guys posting photos of, I don't know if you know that there's a hashtag, that w- there was a hashtag going around, um, mm-hmm. with people, you know, like, um, posting stuff that they're spending their, 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 their cares check on, but just, I don't know, just seemed really silly. Yeah. yeah. Did you, um, I, I read that article about Out, Outback Steakhouse, or it, it's their bigger, their parent company, Bloom and Brands. Yeah. Um, they said they haven't furloughed or laid off any staff, um, and that the chief executive yeah. um, looks like the chief executive suspended his salary as well as the board of directors um, suspending their cash retainers. What do you yeah. think about that? So, um, you know, th- he's not the only CEO who's done that. I think, um, I think American Airlines CEO, don't quote me, it's either American Airlines or United. Um, mm-hmm. I should be able to Google that quickly, but um, one of them has also said that they were going to do the same, that they were going to uh, not pay themselves for like six months or something. I have, you know, a very strong opinion about this. So a couple things. Um, this in itself shows, like, look, okay. All things considered, everything being equal, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good deed for this one individual, right? Like the CEO saying, hey, I'm not going to get paid. We're also going to postpone dividends or whatever to the board or cash payments that we make to, to the board for serving on the board. Okay, mm-hmm. this, is, this is something that like you could say, well, arguably that's a noble thing to do because you know, not every Fortune 500, Fortune you know, 400, 300, 200, 100, Fortune 50, there's not a lot of these CEOs stepping up saying, I'm like, don't pay me. I'm not going to get paid. So, you know, all of our other employees get paid. That in itself is a noble act, but we're not, that's, let's look at the sort of like a broader spectrum here. That position, just to say like, I'm a CEO, right? So I, I say this from experience. I've been a CEO for the last 10 years of my life um, Mm -hmm. for, for, for running this company. And so the way I look at it is um, this is a, 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 this is something you can do from a position of privilege. So, you know, you can say, well, I'm going to get paid. I don't know. I don't know what these figures are, but let's just say I'm going to pay myself $30 million a year, $10 million a year, 20 million, whatever that number is. Well, here, I, I looked is, it up. Okay. How much does he pay so, himself? Is so like United, million dollars? United Airlines CEO, Oscar Munoz and President Scott Kirby Looks like Munoz in 2018 earned a total comp of over $10 million. And Kirby, who's the president, took home roughly $5.5 million. Okay. So, so there, there it goes, right? You're talking about like, you know, basically a million dollars a year in, in one case and, you know, about five, 500000 in the other case. So you have r- rough estimates here. So you have, so you have the, these people who make like shit ton of money and have been making shit ton of money for a very long time. Um, and then you have, um, and then you have their employees who are, you know, like we know the standards for most flight attendants and we know the standards for most, most picketing agents. And, you know, like there's always complaints and, 
um, that they're not making enough money and right, you know, and, and, and that's probably true. And I don't know what the average salary is, but let's just say, you know, it's 50, 60, 80, $100,000. And we're not talking about seasoned pilots here. Let's just exclude them. Um, mm-hmm. But same thing with the restaurant business, right? Like what is the average waiter at, you know, like Outback um, Steakhouse make? And, you know, what's, what's, what, what does that look like for them? And so when you look at all of this and you think to yourself like, okay, well, yeah, nice act. But the truth is that there's so much disparity within these, uh, between these two salaries of a CEO of, of, of this company and the average worker that mm-hmm. that position of, 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 of that, that position that they're, that they're able to, to um, that position that they can take is, you know, comes from privilege. It comes from power. It comes from, you know, years of, um, years of, I don't know, disproportionate pay, um, no, I get it. I totally get it. And that's something that I've always, you know, we've we've discussed many times about wealth distribution in general. But I mean, what else is, I mean, for now, instantaneously, I feel like it's a good thing. It's a good deed that they're doing. Yeah, but um, I, I think I think it's important for us to question these things in that events like this make you question sort of the realities or the status quo, right? Mm-hmm. Why has it been okay for so long? And I'm not, look, I'm not a Bernie Sanders um, supporter. Um, I, you know, I, I, I'm not a Trump supporter. Um, certainly not, you know, a, a Democrat by any means, but it does make you question the sort of like status quo that has been stuck for such a long time. And then in situations like this, you say things like, well, for right now, this is good. But if we don't question these things now, we can't address them in the future, right? It's, it's time for us to sort of like question these things and say, well, you know, who, who's really making the money here? Like who, you know, why, like, is the Walmart family, the eight kids or seven kids that own it, right? They're not kids, they're just old people now. But um, are they out there? Are they, are, they sh- are they shipping packages in warehouses? Are they receiving shipments into their stores? Are they putting up, you know, of course they shouldn't, right? They're heirs to a massive fortune and whatever. But why, why is the distribution so, so poor? Um, you know, Walmart, for instance, has been for decades, has been notoriously uh, a poor um, employer. And this is not my opinion. It's just facts. Look it up. The only reason why Walmart isn't, you know, like Walmart is running their business right now is because they've seen like what 1.3 to 1.5% increase ever since the coronavirus has hit. Um, and that's massive for Walmart, right? It's one of the biggest corporations in America. And so mm-hmm. um, if this virus had affected us slightly differently, would Walmart really step up and would, you know, would they say, hey, we're going to take care of all of our employees instead of furloughing them and instead of, you know, firing them? I, I, you know, would care to guess, I don't know this for sure, but I would care to guess that they wouldn't. I would care to say that they probably would fire everyone and say, hey, go on unemployment, you know? So all of a sudden you create the system where everyone's dependent on the state for, for putting food on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, Just the same way the, the hotel industry is doing it, right? Or is the Hilton family feeling this right now? Hmm. No, I totally agree that it's important to question I don't want you to misinterpret what I'm saying. 
I don't want you to miss, you know, to interpret what I'm saying as like, well, let's forget about everything they've done the last few decades and look at what they're doing now. But what I'm saying is, I think for now, that's what they're doing. They're going to do this. They made this decision to cut their salary um, for now. And then I think then we start looking at what's next, you know, how are we going to keep this from happening? Um, here's here's where I'll meet you on that. I'll say that the act in it of it in in of itself is a noble act. You know, if I could afford mm-hmm. it, I'd do the same, right? But mm-hmm. sure, that's where I'll meet you. But I want to ironically, I when we were talking about this, I googled the information from Forbes. What do you think? Do you feel like Forbes magazine is like a credible source for for business news? Still, do you do you do you look at it as a respected outlet for business? I mean, philosophically speaking, I think in America it's very hard to take any sort of publication or news outlet as credible sources now, right? We basically mm-hmm. have five uh, media, uh, five corporations that own all the media outlets, and now it's been consolidated because. Mm-hmm. ABC was bought out by by Disney, so you basically have four, you know, sort of. And if you drill it down, it's four CEOs, four individuals in this world that like control all the news, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so um, no, and I, I, I for a long time, I don't, I feel like Forbes lost um, a lot of credibility along with a lot of other sort of news articles. I think once they got into the business of um, selling articles and in the business of, of, of um, bringing on all these like um, tangent experts that would write articles, it just sort of lost its, it's because it became, a, it became a content game for them, right? Like they were trying to post as many articles as let's say, you know, or as, as many bits of content as some of these like, you know, lesser brands were, you know, like YouTube was pumping out a bunch of content and, you know, mm-hmm. Forbes fe- felt the need that they equally needed to publish. So they were, you know, user-generated content became a massive sort of play for them. And it was a lot easier to hire um, 1099 sort of like, you know, unaccredited quote-unquote journalists to pump out articles that were supposed to be, you know, experts in their fields. I mean, the reason why I say that is it, I've noticed that being a Forbes contributor is like the new influencer flex. Right. Oh, for Where, sure. Yeah. Like before it was like, you know, even for like, even for, for me, right. My flex is, you know, I was a TEDx speaker. Um, but now yeah. I'm noticing it's, if you're a Forbes contributor, that makes you legit. But realistically, like when you do research on a lot of these contributors, they don't, I don't understand like number one, what the process was for them to be considered a contributor and number yeah. two, I don't even know if they they have like legit businesses, but but it it's kind of become the new like I know I don't know if a lot of pe- people know this or I don't even know if you know this, but in order to be like all these magazines, they host these lists, right? Like the the list of say great places to work, for example. I don't think people understand that you that a company can apply to they can apply for it and then they they pay to be published in the magazine and so 
and you and and then the type of information that they're collecting like nobody is coming and auditing that information to a certain Inc. extent magazine yeah ink magazine i think we did like um those like you know five thousand whatever it is like ink five thousand yeah ink five thousand yeah and i think we had to submit we did only one year and it kind of actually pissed me off i was like really young and i didn't understand how it worked um i mean i understood how it worked but i delegated the responsibility to somebody who didn't question how it was going to happen so basically what happened was you know they had reached out and i kind of got excited because you know when you're like I don't know, 24 years old and, you know, Inc. Magazine reaches out to you, you get super excited. Oh, they were around like, back then? Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> you know, you're only like four years younger, right? <laughs> it makes all the difference, though. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so I was like super excited and I delegated the responsibility. I, I don't remember like what the title was, but I think it was might have been our controller. It could have been like something in accounting. Um, because they were like requiring all this like information because I had like engaged and they're like, yeah, we need like your tax returns. So they do look at like your P&L or your tax returns or something like that. And I felt it was so invasive, but then, you know, like how else are they supposed to verify that your numbers are true? And I can't remember what number we ended up on, but I remember like every year since, but then like all like the pitches started, right? So like you did mm -hmm. it and then they like reach out to like, oh, well for X amount, you can be in the magazine and, you know, for X amount of dollars more, you can get this commemorative plate. And then like all these I, I don't know how they do it, but I'm sure they sell your name on a list. Cause then like mm -hmm. all these other people were coming after me. Also. Magazines. Say, hey, yeah. yeah. Hey, congratulations on, on, on getting whatever, you know, we can get this framed for you for X amount. And which is like a fraction of what Inc. wanted to charge you. And you're like, wait, Inc. wanted to charge me like 800 bucks. You're charging me 400. And then as, as like the months would go by, the offers would get like more and more attractive. Mm -hmm. The dollar value would become a, so yeah. Um, but to to answer your question, no, I don't, I don't, I don't find them like terribly credible. I think they're still like you know sort of like you know, um, you know like finance finance new, uh, newspapers. I don't want to name them, but you know the, that are you know somewhat more respectable because I think if you're just like reporting on facts, it's a lot better um, than to report um, you know sort of like experts in a field, which makes sense in right. theory, experts in a field who come and report because journalists don't know a lot about tech space, I imagine. And right, so, right. But yeah, like, I don't know, like New Yorker, for instance, you know, it's a lot of op-ed pieces. And, you know, like, I, I think that those are just historically different sort of like publications, but um, yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not um, shitting on the magazines in terms of like some of the, you know, the, company features that they have. I think some of them are really good, but it's just these lists that they have that make people believe, well, number one, these companies market it so much, like we're a great place to work. And every time I see it, I'm like, well, you, you could afford to, for that. I think, but I also think it's because like, <laughs> but you're also, you're also a lot more skeptical of this now that you understand, mm -hmm. like, you know, how cow is butchered now, right? Like, so it's not as attractive to you when you watch it, right? It's no like you're, so you know how like these articles are published. Um, you know how, what it takes to get on like a stage. And so it's, it's not as attractive, but I think if you're an outsider, you look at someone's like, it's the same thing as Instagram, right? Like you look at their Instagram right. following, you're like, oh man, that's pretty, like, that's pretty cool. Um, you know, yeah, and but it doesn't like, make it right. You know, it doesn't, 
I mean, I oh, get I, it. Yeah, I agree but with you. I, it but doesn't I think make like, it right. There was just a day over this last week that I went and I just trolled Facebook and Instagram accounts that were selling courses or coaching services. You know, what's funny, you know, so I want you to remember this because you started this call and I told you that, I told you that like I'd become really disenchanted with, um, with all the stuff that I'm reading, right? Like this, all this stuff that's happening in the economy and what it means for our future and the way we're printing bills and and like all this stuff, right? And you told me, oh my, don't go too far down the rabbit hole, you know, like. I went down it. I went yeah, down it and funny. I slept in it for like two days. <laughs> I was literally like uh, commenting on all of them to a point where I think one of them like took the post down and re and had to do like another ad and sponsor it like a re another sponsored ad because yeah. I was just like, I was just going in. I, so number one, this person, like the first it's, it's just even, it's just bad marketing. Like the first line was, 40% of 18 to 22 year olds have a side hustle. Do you? And so, and this is a, this is a sponsored, like a targeted ad. So in my head, I'm like, why am I seeing this ad? I'm not 18 to 22 years old. So that was like a number one thing for me. And then I, I looked up the person, of course, they're a Forbes contributor. Um, <laughs> they're a Forbes then, trader, Forbes contributor, they're a Forbes uh, contributor. Bitcoin miner. Zero dollars you know, like, to a million, you know, million dollars. A million in nine dollars months. in two years. Yeah. Yeah. Some, some, and so, drives a Lamborghini. Yeah. Yeah. In front and, of a Lamborghini. Yeah. Exactly. And so, um, it was like, oh, twenty million dollars on pace. It doesn't even like claim that they do twenty million dollars. It's like on pace to do twenty million dollars in drop shipping or whatever. I I think America just has an opportunity now to reinvent itself. You know, I'm not saying that like. You know, I, I'm a capitalist at heart and I believe in sort of like the core capital ideals, but I also believe in sort of like humanity. I believe that, you know, this is why I, in my company, we provide 100% health care to all of our employees. Even the ones we part ways with, we carry their insurance for a month or two just until they get, this is even during, you know, the best of the economies we've done this. We've just done this just as a general, like, that's what good human beings do to other good human beings, you know? And so- but I, I believe that. I believe that, you know, I, I, like, it, it's not about wealth distribution. It's just about fairness, you know, like, mm -hmm. if, if, you know, if my company is being built on the backs of like my employees, my employees should be rewarded for it, you know, because arguably, I can't build a company by myself or my business partner, like we there's only three of us, we should right. have the help of other people. And so it's only fair. They either have to be paid in equity or they have to be paid in salary. And, you know, like, that's just the way it is. And that's sort of true for almost, you know, like, I, I believe it, it should be true for almost everyone else also. So that's the note that I'd like to, you know, that I leave on. I won't leave with, you know, we're going to hit the Great Depression. I'm saying that this is going to provide us with an opportunity to examine our realities. And I hope that America wakes up. And look, I have, I'm in these entrepreneur groups and I have close friends who are like, dude, Omar, you're fucking dreaming. None of this shit's going to happen. People are still, you know, mm -hmm. fat, happy, and, you know, just watching Netflix and that's it. You know, like that's all Americans are doing. And so um, I, I don't know. I'm more hopeful in that sense. I'm more hopeful that it is going to change America. Or do you plan on being active on your social media? I just want to like tell people where to find you. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I've seen I mean, you that's live, like you're doing some live things here and there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely doing lives. I'm sharing a lot of my memes because that's my new hobby now. That's been your hobby. I know. It's always about you and your wife too. Poor Tara. It totally is. Yeah, people fucking love it. They like get upset. Of course when they I don't do. do them. Yeah. Um, so, so people can find uh, you on Instagram, on Instagram. at yeah. Omar O M A R Syed S A Double Y E D. You don't post much though. E D. S A Double Y E D. That's what I said. E D. It sounds like you're saying this S A Double Y E D. It sounds, it sounds like A-D or E-D. E-D. S-A-Y-Y-E-D. Do you overcomplicating this? I don't post much, but I'm very, very active. I, well, you know this because I follow you. If I follow you, I like your photo. I answer all my DMs, even if they're like, I go into into that thing where, you know, people, where it just queues it up for you. If you're not like, you know, you have to approve the messages. Right. I always do you even do you respond to the ones that say hey Omar I can help you grow your following from so those are the ones I've decided to just decline those are the ones I decline now (laughs) I used to I used to say thank you I'm not interested now I'm just like I you know what's funny because it's always like these people who have like 3,000 followers I'm like Mm -hmm. dude get your level up and then come right like how are you gonna help it's all it's 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 like that e-commerce guru it's like hey let me teach you and then you're like well how much money do you make he's like yeah i don't worry about that let me show you how to do it though